The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And now, here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I am Brandon, and this is my co-captain, Jim. Hello, I'm feeling kind of spacey. How about you? Mm, I'm going to fill all that space with good chat about Space 1999, which is what we're talking about here on this edition of Old Space Shows. We go through the travelogue of the second season. Uh, where the moon is knocked out of orbit, wandering through outer space. Um, that was that was a weird Shatner moment. Uh, the population of its <laughs> human-built co- colony hoping to stumble upon a new home. Today, we are talking about the second episode, The Exiles. Mysterious objects in the space sky. In them, humans from another planet. Preserved in a frozen state for 300 years. Two who return to consciousness on the moon have a grim story to tell. But can they be trusted? All right. The Exiles directed by directed by Ray Austin. Another director carryover that people that they had signed from season one to continue on. And then it got canceled. And they're like, we can get other jobs. Like, no, you're already contracted to us. Also uh, written by Donald James, a newcomer uh, writer who... We'll write three episodes for this season. And uh, he wrote one episode of The Avengers. Uh, he wrote a couple of The Saint, uh, Mission Impossible, uh, UFO, of course, and uh, a lot of episodes of General Hospital. Some American touches in there. Uh, the guest stars are Peter Duncan and Stacy Dorning. Duncan was in the Flash Gordon movie. Uh, he's been on Coronation Street. He was a young tree man. A young tree man. <laughs> a tree man. Three episodes of Terry Nation Survivors and just lots of general TV work guest starring. Nothing where he had like a lead or anything like that. Uh, Dorning was uh, this was her first role after Adventures of Black Beauty, t- the TV series for which she'd reprise her role in the '90s revamped one. Uh, nothing. She's not like she wasn't working, but she had nothing notable afterward that I that hit me. Uh, and she seemed to have stopped acting after 1997. She has those doll eyes, like those keen eyes. Uh-huh. Like yeah. her eyes are unnaturally huge. But yeah, she kind of reminds me of Christina Ricci in a way in that oh, way. Yeah, 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 I see that. Uh but yeah. Yeah. I this is a episode where I picked up on Russell's uniform being long skirt. Uh, but Koenig, mm-hmm. the the jackets, that's a thing now. And uh he wears a very he looks like a sci-fi Mr. Rogers kind of with that. It's like a sweater coat <laughs> thing, but I like I said I like last time I like the Space 1999 jackets. I, I like them again here. The in our prologue here, uh, all is quiet and the universe around Alpha seems at peace. That is until sensors detect a group of objects in space which resemble a swarm of space bees. When they, I, I thought they resembled those things mm. that you put on two wires and you twist them. You know what I'm saying? Those plastic. Oh, I didn't think of that, but That's, yeah, they yeah. Do. Uh, and uh, 
they to changed. Me, they look. I thought they look like badminton birdies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Personally, mm-hmm. they look like red badminton birdies. Yeah, or maybe definitely. a red Dalek. Right <laughs> there, you go. Um, when they change course for Alpha, the base goes to a red alert. Eagles are launched to intercept, but before they come into range, they alter course again and go into lunar orbit, unable to penetrate the cylinders with sensors. Koenig and Maya take an eagle up to investigate them. So he's already picking Maya over Alan Carter. But oh, she, totally. It's like Maya's like his new victor, like immediately. And she's like an expert on the bridge already. Like, oh, they're not training. She's a new her. science officer. Yeah. They, yeah. They met that well, they mentioned in another episode, uh, I won't say which one, that they, she's a new science officer. So I guess, you know, because she, you know, knows that alien tech from the, last, the uh, first episode, right. the metamorph, listen to our episode about that because we already talked about it. Um, <laughs> uh, they, you know, bumped her right up to science, even though she doesn't have any knowledge of their science, right. their tech, anything like that, like no context whatsoever. She's their science person. Oh, she's here to stay. There was uh when the Eagle, so they bring it back. The one of the things, the missiles backed, but there was an impressive little dolly across the moon surface. Like when the Eagle's landing with the missile, that I was like, Well, that's kind of a bold move here with those models and things. Like it seemed, I was actually I was impressed. Yeah, I, the new FX shots are definitely noticeable in this season. Uh, they definitely upgraded the FX, and you know, the and again, I noticed in the first, I mean, we mentioned the first season how they kept reusing FX shots over and mm-hmm. over, like the one shot of them moving in and out of orbit or the one coming up and down. This one, it seems like they have a lot more varied shots mm-hmm. than they did in the first season. Uh, there seems to be more. Uh, uh, less of a reusing of the same sequences over and over. Rather, it seems like the effects are actually shot for the the episode rather than the other way around. Yeah, so th- which so is th- cool. Yeah, and they still use those tunnel travel shots. So those are those are reused. Um, oh, and the, yeah, but this time they're brought to you by T-Mobile because they have that. Pink, uh, yeah, they're pink. Uh, they didn't have last time. <laughs> True. Uh, so they bring this thing into the base. Um, they want to open up this capsule and they do. Oh my God. I got to talk about this. I'm sorry. I have to talk about this. Okay. Okay. They bring it into a cave so they can open it up. Right. Yeah. They bring it into a cave. First of all, in this cave are giant signs that say danger. Yes. <laughs> Everywhere. There's like five of them and they all light up. They've got to be like five foot by a, a two feet and they light up and all they say is danger. <laughs> and it's not like they turn on when something happens right, right? Or they're like a re- they're always on through the whole thing <laughs> okay so good on them currently danger still currently okay. danger yeah in case you didn't see this giant side that says danger there's four more of them over here <laughs> and then secondly they bring down a laser to try to cut it open and evidently, their laser is based on scuba technology somehow. Because, <laughs> like, they said, bring down the laser. And they have this rack, and it's all these all this scuba gear, <laughs> all these, like, air tanks that come down. And then a laser comes out. Like, <laughs> how is the scuba powering a laser? I don't get that at all. It's so confusing. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they break it open, and there's a... And the, person inside and they're like oh we killed them and i just immediately my mind like hiding people in missiles that's like a, that's a plot point of star trek into darkness isn't it like i don't know 
wasn't they like wasn't peter weller like peter weller like hiding people in missiles like and that's why like um oh right cumberbatch con was like pissed like and they were trying to like hide them and like shoot them at people like in a thing to like kill them i was like whoa so like that uh, that immediately clicked on that with me i was like oh okay jj abrams i also noticed that they're yeah, maybe. Maybe he did crib from this. Um, I also noticed that their laser and their, like, um, I don't know which one you want to call it, like, uh, capsule cracking technology, because it, it just looked like it was there to, like, break into something. Right. Um, everything was everything was controlled by, like, 70s stereo dials. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, there are these big silver dials with no marking on them, and they show, like, Maya turning one up. I'm like, what, is she mixing a Steely Dan album? What the hell is going on over there? <laughs> Oh my gosh. We're in the studio with Steely Dan. Hey, hey bring up that treble on the base on the back end. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so uh, this body gets rushed to the medical center where he's revived. And it turns out the pods are cryogenic chambers. And Koenig wants to know more about how they work. Uh, and he orders <laughs> another one brought down so they can try to open it without damaging it. And they select one paired with Cantars. That's his name, Cantar. And uh, with his help, they're able to open it the right way. I got this for you. Cantar and Zova of yes. Golos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is wife, Zova. <laughs> While she's being revived, Cantar asks Koenig to save the rest of his people before the gravity of the moon crushes the capsules. But Koenig tells him, like, uh, Alpha's life support system can't support that many additional people. Cantar tells him, that he and Zova could enhance the life support systems to more than compensate for them. Uh, Conan tells him no, but Tony Helena asked him to reconsider, asking what the what price is too high for survival. Could they let all those people die without trying? Conan agrees to let them try after stunning Kantar to make sure their weapons were effective against them in case something goes wrong, to which Kantar has returned to the medical Whoops. center to recover from being stunned, but he was faking it. Uh, so they thought it would it would work, but um, so right here the difference between series one and series two, it comes up that he's like, hey, what about my people? They're going to be crushed. They need a place to live. And Conan being like, but we don't have the life support here. This show says, well, I can right. fix that for you. The pre this would be the episode for series one. There, they wouldn't be. It would be a debate how to mm-hmm. figure it out, how to help them. It, it would be like that. Um, I don't think... And there'd Kantar... be 20 minutes of... There'd be 20 minutes of, can we trust them? Right, yes. <laughs> are we sure they are who they say they are? How can we do, know their story is true? And this one, it's just like Tony and Helena are like, oh, come on, Commander, let them stay. Come on, yeah. they're so cute. Come well, on. It flips to the easy, we can fix your life support system type thing and villain like we don't have the the Bergman like at the end of this would be like ah, maybe maybe we did make the right what if we didn't make the right decision we never know you know like one of those ponderances yeah. uh, but uh, right. holy holy shit Cantar's dubbed isn't he yeah <laughs> he, I was like yeah, whoa big time and, and, and he's not like a foreign I love how the alien actor race, no no he's not I think he's a, he's a British actor he's a British actor he's not uh, I thought it was also foreign to the UK yeah yeah, it was, it's also amazing how this alien race is totally like us, except they have three stickers on their forehead. 
Right? Yes. <laughs> That's the only difference between their species and ours. Right, we are is that they have stickers on their forehead. Humanoid. Uh, and the Verdeshi, <laughs> there, there's a scene where him and uh, Helena and Verdeshi, Koenig, they're all like pondering this stuff. And I was sitting there like, is, is, is Verdeshi supposed to be replacing Bergman here? Because he just does not make yeah. this trio. Like, th- this is obviously was a script with Bergman in mind, and they just like scratched him out and put Verdeshi, and he does not work here. Like, he did, there's no <laughs> chemistry with these two. Like, there's a powerhouse chemistry with Bergman and Russell and Koenig that was like held yeah. together uh, the last series, and he's just like there and just doesn't fit. And like, why? Why is he here? He's like, like the cousin Oliver of Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. Yeah. Yes. Oh, like Sandra would have made more sense here. Um, and yeah. she doesn't do much. And then when we oh, come- we gotta get to the sculpt the sculpting of the bust scene that was coming up, man. Best scene in the whole show in the whole episode. Go ahead. Come well, on, bring it on. Well, uh, first up, we come back from a commercial break and like. What is up with the bikini and shades room in Al- on Alpha? Do you remember that? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Kantar Zova. You need a swinger room somewhere. Yeah. Kantar Zova begin work on modifying the life support systems to enable the rescue of their comrades. During her off time, Helena is um, sculpting a bust of herself for John. And while she's... Hello? Is it me? Yes. I'm sorry. And while she's showing it to Maya, uh, John stops by for a visit, but Maya transforms into Helena's double and John, John which is the real Helena. (laughs) And they like both kiss him. And he's asked if he can tell the difference. And he's like, there is no difference. And then Helena's like, tells him he's no longer uh, like he, he figures out easily which one's which, but she's like, you can't have the bust I made for you then. And I'm like, <laughs> Koenig won't be fooled, but what are these steamy games these two are playing here on Alpha now? I Right. I know. And like, he's making out with the, the alien lady with his girlfriend. Like, I don't know, man. Is there a little, I mean, you know, this season has injected Menage 99 going on there. Right, <laughs> this this season has injected like a looseness to the characters, and they crack smiles now, and they're less stoic. Uh, oh yeah, it's like they've absolutely. It's everything's not as serious anymore. But he tells her that she is. They needed- were you, know you make your, you make, I'm sorry, Brandon. You make an excellent point. Um, there's a um, there's a, a new slang phrase I've been using a lot called po-faced, right? Right. Where you're just like self-serious and kind of like un- unable to see. And the first season of this was extremely such. Yeah. You know, and then this ep- this season is like shifting gears the opposite way. So you make an excellent point there. I'm sorry. I just wanted to emphasize that. It's okay. You don't have to apologize for telling me my points are excellent. So it's all good. It's all yes. Good. Well, you know. <laughs> So uh, he tells her she's needing life support. And there she checks on Kantar and Zova's progress. They tell her they're almost finished with the modifications. When they do finish, Kantar heads for the power room, which is off limits. Security guard tries to stun him to no effect. Kantar incapacitates the guard and enters the restricted era. Helena tries to sound the alarm. 
but is zapped or stopped by Zova. There's there's an explosion caused by their tampering, and Tony and Maya rush to the power room to investigate. When they arrive, Tony manages to set off the alarm before he's stunned. Maya tries to stop them by changing into a Black Panther. What is the budget on the like the? I the, don't know. The animal wrangling budget but is there's... the insurance has to be going up. Uh, but um, but there's a scene before this where there's an explosion. The explosion is called you know caused yeah. by the tampering. Right. She turns into a gorilla. Right. The guy like crashed under a he's like trapped under a um a beam or whatever. And it's the cheapest gorilla suit you could possibly buy. Yeah. It's like the most like fake gorilla suit ever. You have to go with a real Black Panther or a real lion. Yeah, it's like they melted a gorilla suit to make it like not look gorilla-ish and they like put some green spray paint in spots. But uh yeah, so um plus sure. I noticed these hippie kids, these hippie kids from Golos. They also have a uh, like a Vulcan neck pinch. Yes, so I, I call that the, the, the back pinch. Yeah, the Vulcan back pinch. And they are dressed <laughs> like a, a 70s tag team wrestling duo. Like they have like yeah, matching they outfits and they got the face <laughs> dots. And it's like, yeah, they, they're going right. to they're going to wrestle. Yeah, um, totally. But but the, as, as they're going through on these people, like they set off this like sonic blast, right? Yeah. It just sounds like somebody like blasting out their EQ and it's just like, it drives everybody, you know, to the ground or whatever, before they start their little, uh, you know, whatever mutiny type deal mm-hmm. that's going on here. And like, uh, it's just hilarious to me that they go through and like Alan tries to take him out and they just give him like a little tap on the back, on, right. the, on the small of the back and he's down. You know, uh, security guards go by, they tap him on the small of the back. Oh, <laughs> like they've been struck. Oh, it's it so good. Really funny. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Maya turns into Black Panther, not not the superhero Black Panther, uh, Black Panther. And she gets stunned by Zova to which she like just like they b- put a light around the Panther. When the light goes away, it's her and she just falls over. Uh, Kantar and Zova, they kidnap Helena. They weren't building a life support system. It was a teleportation device to go to Golos. Uh, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. They had ulterior motives? They were Oh, tricks. my God, Brandon. You're kidding me. Which, you mean someone was about to betray the Alphans? You're kidding. Right. You're kidding. I don't believe you. But Golos, man, <laughs> is a polka dot planet. That is, And they get there with NBC mystery movie technology. Right. <laughs> they transport there. They have those like those uh, like Kubrick used at the end of two thousand one with the the plane the the light planes on either side and mm-hmm. the planet the polka dot planet in the middle. Oh my god, it was so funny. I'm just like, oh, NBC mystery movie. I remember this. <laughs> so when they arrive at their destination, they're recognized as exiles. Kantar threatens to destroy the main life planet if the ruler of the planet is not brought before him. Uh, Mirella arrives. Now the main life plant. Hold on. The main life plant in this is a giant light up coffee table. Yeah, it is. It is. Isn't yeah. that what he keeps threatening to destroy? Yep. I'm going to break this table. <laughs> giant conference. I'm going to break this light up conference table. If you don't bring me your leader right now. <laughs> so Mirella. I'm sorry. I just thought it was hilarious. She arrives on Cantor, tells her to tell people of Golos that there are the new rulers of the planet. And if she does not comply, he will destroy the life plant. Morella counters that the two of them will not be able to hold all of Golos captive. Zova tells her that the Alphans will recover the rest of their group, then returns to oversee the operation. She tells Koenig of their plan, and he refuses to cooperate. 
Like, well, plus, I mean, the the the, the hippie dude doesn't realize until this point that he's been gone for three hundred years, mm-hmm. right? Like he's yelling, "Bring me Zontar," whatever the hell the guy's name is. I can't remember. I'm sorry, I, I can't remember all the made up alien names. He's like, "Bring me Zontar, give me Zontar. I want his head." Blah blah blah. And they just be like, "Dude, he's been dead for three hundred years." Yes, I'm the leader now. Yeah. And he's, he's like and he, all mad and stuff. And and like Cantor's got like a viewmaster on his palm that he can look at. Yes. Like, does. All right. Uh, eye palm. <laughs> uh, Helena Russell then realizes she has made a grave mistake of making a clay bust of herself. As Zova digs her fingernails into the sculpture and she starts screaming. And Koenig. Wait a minute. Time out here. Okay. First of all, she scrapes her you know, fingernails into a bust of Helena. What? Is this voodoo? What's yeah. going on here? Are yeah. these like intergalactic voodoo people? Like Zova didn't all- create this. Like if Zova had created it in the episode and gifted it to no. Helena, maybe. I don't know. But Helena made this. And, and first of all, and then second of all, how does Koenig hear the screams? She's on another planet. True. Millions of light years away or whatever. That you got tr- how does he hear her screaming? He's just like, as far as he's concerned, she's just scratching up a sculpture. And he's uh, like, okay, you messed up her sculpture. Wow, how evil. Golos S. Machina, ex machina, I guess. Um, but I have to, I wrote this one uh, thing down that, that Kantar says when he, uh, it's just, you are crippled by your ancient morality. Yes. <laughs> that was a, yeah. a great line. Great, great line, line from the voice dub actor of Kantar. Um, Koenig eventually yeah. g- gives in and agrees to recover the rest of the capsules. He, Maya, and Zova are taken to recover other another capsule. They all suit up and attach lifelines for a spacewalk. Uh, but like, dude, fucking Koenig, like, <laughs> holy he shit! Kicks her ass right he, now. He eagle, detaches eagle. her and like knocks her ass into space. <laughs> like, holy boot, shit! Right, right out into space. Like, that is cold, man. He's like, boat, like, oh, to get messing around. <laughs> But and Cantor <laughs> tries to shoot. It was oh, so funny. He tries to shoot Helena uh, as retribution, but she scratches the protective membrane that has maintained his youth for the last three hundred years. It's like scratches. Let me ace. ask you something, real quick, real quick. Did they mention this at all in the show up until this point? Nope. I had no. I was like, what okay, is going good, on. Good, I thought I had missed it. I went back even. I was like, did they mention something about him having a protective membrane or something? And nope. I was like. Uh, no. Okay. Good. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Because like, all all that geez. happens is like him being told like 300 years, like like he's been gone for a shitload of time. But you think because of cryogenic yeah. sleep? Oh, okay. Right. But exactly that he's cool, right? But and then Helena gets within like striking distance of him, mm-hmm. and instead of punching him or hitting him or knocking him down, she like scratches his face like Wolverine with her nails or whatever. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Is, is this like supposed to be like? some sort of artistic thing about like Zova doing that to her and now she's doing it to him. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. But then she like busts out this exposition. She's like, I've destroyed his protective membrane. The play by play exposition exposition. color commentary by shouting Helen Russell. That's exactly what I wrote. That is exactly what I wrote. Play by play exposition. (laughs) Yeah. And and he uh, scratches off and he keeps shooting 
props right, right. yes she keeps using the gun on props and she's like you're getting old i've scratched your protective membrane boom boom you're getting older boom boom every minute is another 10 years for you boom boom and they cut to him and he's wearing this ridiculous rubber mask covered with beard and long hair and i'm just like uh, yeah, how yeah, would yeah. his hair grow he is john, <laughs> he looks like, like he looks like john travolta playing the role of god in something like <laughs> it's Travolta's face. Like it's hilarious. Yeah. And he like keeps And then she keeps saying, You're too feeble. You're getting older by the second. Bam, bam. She's like, You can't even destroy. You're too feeble to hold the gun. And he keeps she keeps like telling him what's happening to him. You know, like we can't see it. Yeah. She has to explain it too. Yeah. But you're right, it was like a play by play of everything that was happening. <laughs> so he like gets too feeble eventually. And then Mirella, she returns Helena and T Tony to alpha where they reappear in life support. Uh, they head back to the command center, but are met en route and greeted by John and Maya. Maya figures out a way to use their anti-gravity screens to return the capsules to their original trajectory. Um, and then uh, this end now, scene. Why didn't oh, they do something about them? Are they just gonna? They're just gonna send these frozen fascists off to someone else to deal with? Yeah, someone's gonna find them. That's what it got me. I'm like, exactly. I mean, they're just like, oh, well, they're gonna be someone else's problem. Bye, and they send them off. I'm just like, can you deal with this in any way other than what you did? I guess I don't know. That makes them mass murderers, I guess. But still, I mean, they're like this fascist group. You're just gonna send them off to some other planet where they're gonna be dicks i don't know yeah there's a whole lot more cantars and zovas out there uh I, 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 we need to write the cantor and zova fanfic of what happens <laughs> next <gasps> oh or what happened to get them there where they get their facial yeah. coverings and stuff and yeah uh so epilogue uh this new version of space 1999 we got jokes uh tony tells maya that she would be court-martialed if alpha was a military base for embarrassing the man in charge Maya asked if a kiss causes oh, embarrassment brother. for humans Tony said it must for psychons because she had to turn into another woman to do it Maya said it was more fun that way and asked if you'd like to try and he declined uh, because he turns, she turns into an old woman Sorry. Yeah. yeah and uh, Helena is in Koenig's quarters and sees the damage to her sculpture she asked why he did that to her and she said he probably thinks she looked better that way not letting him get a word in and uh and suggesting he make her a pretty nose i didn't get that at all wow, that to be wow. a joke? i didn't get that if it was Barbara Bain joke, have a uh does she have like a nose job maybe and that's like an inside job i don't know well, maybe i yeah. kind of doubted that that's the all exiles right. ooh. ooh boy this is a bit of a ooh uh wacky ooh. episode you got some space fascists who look like hippies. Right? Yeah. It is uh who when you think of corny sci-fi shows like the like the stereotype, this probably fits the bill. Stuff like that. But I really want one of those big signs that just says danger, though. I mean, I just right? didn't get over that. I'm just like why are the I, I could do a whole like Seinfeld bit about why are these here? Where's the danger? If there's danger, why do we need five of them? <laughs> it just blew my mind. <laughs> so much danger. Danger in all different languages. Well, we don't, we don't, 
But look, look, Brandon, we've got three of these big signs that say danger. Don't you think that's enough? No. Don't you think that's enough? Don't you think people know they're in danger? Okay, well, let's get a couple more. A couple more. Can we you think three is enough? No. Should we, we stop need more. at five? Stop no, at no. five. Let's get five. Let's get five. Okay, five's enough. Okay, let's roll with five. Uh, wow. That's yeah. a lot of danger. It's a lot of exiles, a lot of danger. Awesome. But yeah. That's what happens when you mess with, uh, with badminton birdies you find in space. Right. That's right. the lesson here. That's the moral. Just let him go. Just let him go. All right. Well, Just let him go, man. That'll do for another Mood Buggy Adventure. In the meantime, Jim, where can people find yes. your badminton pod? Well, uh, my badminton pod, yeah. Shuttlecocks Incorporated. <laughs> That's my battle. That's my badminton pod. Uh, every week I'm on Nothing's On with uh, Donnie Salvo and Daryl Taylor. We uh, look at the week in movie and TV and entertainment news and try to make some sense and fun stuff out of it. It's a good show. You should listen to it. It says the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. And every week now, uh, we're, the Walking Dead TV podcast is back in the swing. We are covering every episode of the walking dead the final season as we wind down to the very end of the series oh my goodness and uh we've been there since the beginning so you want to ride with us we know what we're talking about and you can catch that on hhwlod.com it's the walking dead podcast of walking dead podcast yes it is the walking dead tv podcast it is and uh hashtag brandon was dubbed and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BrandonForkyUHD. Written work at WeiserBlue.com. There's more from the Brandon Peter Show this week. But until then, Alpha out. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peter Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.